This is the Christian Without Religion Network, and I'm your host, Larry, bringing you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth with the help of God. It is a Monday edition, so we're going to answer some questions that have been sent in by you. Love to have those questions, comments, something you heard at church last week here on the program here, something you're studying. If we can give you new covenant clarification, uh, just send us an email, Larry W. Manning, the number one at gmail.com. You could tweet at the CWR Network. You could leave a voice message wherever you listen to this. This uh, uh, podcast and broadcast should be a little button there. You could press that button and leave a 60-second voice message. Love to get back to you there. You could message us on our Facebook page, the Christian Without Religion Facebook page. Today we're going to be talking about uh, following the law and the Sabbath and uh, how that relates to Christians. We'll talk about hell. It is real. I believe in it, and you should too. We'll look at what the Bible has to say. If we've got enough time, we'll cover all of that. Uh, we're also, though, going to start at the top here with news from the Christian News. Network, ChristianNews.net. I want to remind you that, as always, I'm broadcasting from the CMI Coaching Mission International Studios. CMI is serving global missions by coaching mission leaders to greater effectiveness, uh, more mature character, and multiplication of service and the fulfillment of their call. If you'd like more information, you can go to CoachingMission.com. They're equipping leaders to impact nations. That's CoachingMission.com. Our word for the day is cognitive dissonance, D-I-S-O-N-A-N-C-E, cognitive dissonance. That's kind of what we're going to tie into all of our topics today about uh, the law, the Torah, uh, Sabbath, and uh, hell. Uh, There's a real disconnect with a lot of believers out there, and I'm going to address that today. But first, let me dive in uh, with news from ChristianNews.net. This is from Redding, California. Bethel Church, led by Bill Johnson, is raising new concerns after it posted to its Facebook page on Thursday that its program for those who struggle with homosexuality has never had the message of all must change, suggesting that those who feel fulfilled and happy as they are are not required by God to repent. Bethel has raised many concerns over the years for its unorthodox teachings and practices such as grave soaking and the purported sightings of falling gold dust and feathers during services. God loves all people, LGBTQ plus and straight. The message of changed has never been all must change, it wrote. We share these stories specifically for Christians who are unfulfilled and identifying as LGBTQ plus. For those of you who feel fulfilled and happy as you are, we love you. God doesn't force people to change, and and people, including Christians, shouldn't force others to change either. We stand against any and all forms of shame, manipulation, force, humiliation, or physical harm in so-called ministry or therapy, Bethel continued. Changed is a safe place for Christians seeking an alternative to LGBTQ+, as they follow their faith according to their personal convictions. The post generated mixed reaction from commenters, with some defending the status as not really saying what it implies, and others chastising Bethel for unbiblical teaching. The post doesn't say that being LGBTQ isn't a sin. It says we still love you. God gives us all free will, and he does not force us to change or to conform, and neither should we, one commenter wrote. We need to love even though we may not agree with them. It's the spirit working in them that will change them. We don't love when we demand they change. Let's uh, let God do the work. Yes, it's not for me to judge. It's for me to love, another remarked. I can't believe this gender agenda has taken our eyes off Christ. Did you learn to love or did you learn to condemn? The love of Christ makes us want to become what he says we are, not what the world teaches. 
The message of changed might not be all must change, but the message of the gospel is in fact that we all must be changed. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when we come to Jesus, we can't stay where we are. For 2 Corinthians says we're all being changed into the same image a third person noted, we can never be fulfilled living in sin. Only God fulfills us. Psalm 107 says he satisfies the longing soul. Ultimately, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's Romans. So yes, be changed because we're never meant to live fallen in sin. Repentance means doing a full 180 degree turn. And if that doesn't mean change, I don't know what does. Another stated, being born again, our hearts change, our desires should change, and our actions should follow suit. You can't thrive or survive in the faith if you remain entirely in the shadows of your old life. Thank you, Bethel Church, Redding, for affirming me. I love to steal and take things that aren't mine without a lawful transaction. I covet a lot, but I'm at peace with it. I'm completely happy. Theft gives me such a thrill and joy, and coveting really motivates me, one sarcastically commented. So thank you for affirming that I just need to follow my faith according to my own personal convictions. I know God says otherwise, but He loves me anyway, and I don't need to change that for Him. Bethel Church has generated much controversy over the years as a number of remarks from leadership have been called into question. It's difficult to expect the same fruit of the early church when we value a book they didn't have more than the Holy Spirit they did have. It's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible, Bill Johnson said in a sermon clip that was in uh, 2009. In a 2011 sermon entitled Your Identity as Sons of God, Chris Volaton, the co-founder of the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, had those in attendance repeat statements like, I am amazing. I rock. Nations are attracted to me because I'm so good looking and I have the mind of Christ. He actually likes me and I like me too. And if you got to know me, you would like me. Sound, by the way, side note here, a little bit of commentary from Larry. Sounds a little like Saturday Night Live, don't you think? Various photos online also show members of Bethel visiting cemeteries to try to soak up the anointing of the deceased, including the graces of John G. Lake. Smith Wigglesworth and others. And while Johnson has stated that he does not endorse the practice, and Valentine once said that he never heard of the idea, some note that photos online show Johnson's wife laying on the tombstone of C.S. Lewis and hugging the tombstone of Charles Finney. Videos show Bethel claiming to have had a glory cloud appear at their services, also known as gold dust. One video posted outside of a Benny Hinn meeting shows a woman allegedly with Bethel behaving strangely as she laughs over and over and over and makes claims such as, we're all loved no matter what theology we believe. According to reports of an online exchange inquiring about Bethel's practices, in 2012, one questioning person asked, Hi Bill, I was wondering why you have things at Bethel that cannot be found in the Bible, like fire tunnels and angel feathers and gold dust and soaking prayer, glory clouds and healing rooms. Can you please explain? I've had some very good friends at Bethel and I'm concerned for their spiritual well being. The videos on YouTube with the fire tunnels are very, very alarming. We also have altar calls, video cameras, paid counselors, children's church, youth groups, Sunday school, none of which are in the Bible, Johnson said. Is praying for people, prayer, or healing in the Bible? That's what we do. The feathers, gold dust, etc. are not things we do. They happen. Why do they happen? Well, ask the one who does them. Rather than assume they're not biblical because you've not experienced them, search the scriptures. Clouds and glory and even feathers are in the Bible. So some more wacky stuff coming out of Bethel Church, and now they're saying you don't uh, need to change or repent. Well, that goes exactly opposite of the Bible. All of us need to change, repent, and conform, and be conformed into the image of Christ. Some uh, frightening, alarming news coming uh, from the uh, Christian world out there, and some really strange stuff going on in evangelical uh, the church world. This is the Christian Without Religion Network, and I'm your host, Larry. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Train today. Tell as many people as you can about uh, Christian Without Religion, our podcast on Monday, Wednesday, 
Wednesday and Thursday. We have a live Bible study on Facebook on Tuesday nights, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Join us there on Facebook Live. We're going to start 1 Thessalonians this week. We go verse by verse on Tuesday nights. Love to have you join us there. If you have questions, comments, prayer needs, whatever the case may be, what's prayed here stays here. Get a hold of us at uh, Christian Wealth Out Religion on the Facebook page or uh, shoot an email to me or uh, tap the voice message button wherever you listen to the podcast. Well, I told you our word for the day is cognitive dissonance. We're going to get started today. I'm not sure if I'll get all the way through it uh, as time allows and we'll uh, continue this on Wednesday. But cognitive dissonance means, uh, you know, uh, an unbalance or a, or a disconnect uh, in, in viewpoints and inconsistency in your thoughts and beliefs and actions. And there are a lot of people who call themselves born-again Christians and uh, in the New Covenant, and yet uh, they insist on following parts of, whatever parts their, their little pet projects are, of the Old Testament law, which I call religion. This whole ministry is called Christian Without Religion. So when I say law or religion, it's the same thing. You could be talking about the, the Ten Commandments. You could talk about the Mosaic Law, Jewish tradition, religion, or what we've made of it now in the last 2,000 years. We've taken parts of the old, mixed it in with the new, and come up with a new form of religion. As I say often, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. But Jesus plus anything equals nothing. And that's the whole message of the book of Galatians, by the way, folks. And I want to start off with here with uh, letting you know we're going to reiterate. I've taught this before. Uh, you could go to our uh, blog page, christianwithoutreligion.blogspot.com. And I think we called it uh, the purpose of the law there. You could look for that posting. Let me give you a quick recap of what the purpose of the law or religion, because it's the law that uh, the Mosaic law that God gave to the Jews. What was the purpose of of the law uh, from the Bible. Well, uh, and get a piece of paper and pencil out. I'm going to tell you that right now. we got tons of scripture references. I'll read a few, but I'm going to give you tons so you can read this for yourself. Uh, the purpose of the law, what was it? Well, firstly, it was to make us conscious of sin. Conscious of sin. Let me give you scripture references. John 1, 17. Hebrews 7, 18 and 19. Hebrews 8, 13. Hebrews 10, 1 to 4. Romans 3, 19 to 20. The law is supposed to make us conscious of sin. Next, another purpose of the law is to show our need for salvation. The purpose of the law is to show our need for salvation. Your reference here is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. It shows us that we need a Savior. We can't keep the law. So the purpose of the law is to make us conscious of sin and show our need of a Savior. The next thing, another purpose of the law is to stir up sin. That's what the Bible says, to stir up sin. 1 Corinthians 15, 56. Romans 7, 5 through 8. Colossians 2, 20 through 23. Romans 9, 30 to 32. Galatians 3, 10. Purpose of the law is to stir up sin. You know, the Bible says uh, the law standard is absolute perfection. And James 2 tells us if you break one sin, you've broken all of them. Only perfection will do. And the only person who's perfect is the lawgiver. That's Jesus. Okay? So another purpose of the law is to what? It leads to death. The law leads to death. That's what the Bible says. Romans 6.23. Romans 7.10. Galatians 3.21. James 2.10. The law leads to spiritual death. Also, the law is supposed to lead us 
to Christ. If you want to be under the law, you're under a curse. That's death. But if you get out from the law because it's been fulfilled, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're born again from above. And the law cannot make you righteous, cannot justify you, cannot give you eternal life. It's, it's, it's put there to lead you to Jesus. If you want to read Galatians 3, 19 to 25, Romans 6, 14, the law has done its job when it hands you over to Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus is the end of the law. Jesus is the end of the law. Uh, in Matthew 5, most of you are familiar, you said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. That's what Jesus said. When you fulfill the subscription, it's over. It's done. There's not more magazines coming. Jesus fulfilled the law. He was the perfect example. He embodied it. You know, He lived the moral law. He lived the ceremonial law. He fulfilled and ended the law. Look at John 19.30. You can look in Romans chapter uh, 7, verses 1 to 4. Romans 8, 3 to 4. Romans 10, 4. Uh, Hebrews 9.15, it'll tell you that Christ is the end of the law. Now, who fulfilled it? We just said it. Jesus did. Matthew 5.48, he said, I fulfilled the law. Hebrews 10.14, he fulfilled the law. Jesus did. None of us can or ever could. He did. And uh, we, are, we are now, if Jesus is the end of the law, the law leads to death if you want to be under it, but it can hand you off to Jesus Christ. It shows you your need for salvation, makes you conscious of your sin, that you need a Savior. And the main thing is, we now live by grace through faith in the Holy Spirit. We live by grace through faith in the Holy Spirit. And gosh, you can read all the way through the New Covenant, Hebrews and Romans and Galatians and Titus and 2 Corinthians. And uh, they're just scripture upon scripture upon scripture and Ephesians. We live by grace through faith. We walk by uh, faith and not by sight. That's what that uh, verse means, not by religion. Now, I'm going to use one example because there's a lot of people out there saying, well, we're uh, law keepers or we're uh, Torah keeper. You know, they want to keep the Old uh, Testament law. No, you're not. If you don't keep it perfectly, if you break even one, you've broken all. All of them, it says in James chapter 2 and verse 10. Isn't that kind of scary? If you've broken one, you've broken them all. Well, let, let me give you one that maybe seems more harmless. There are folks that say, well, yeah, we, you know, we can't keep the law. We're not under the, the Ten Commandments anymore. We have to keep all of that stuff. But, but, we, but, you know, they never really got rid of the Sabbath. There's a whole group of people, and there are a lot of people that are going to be upset with my teaching tonight. That's why I refer you to all these dozens and dozens of scriptures. Read it for yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you the truth. People will say, but but we still keep the Sabbath. That wasn't explicitly gotten rid of. Well, I just gave you tons of scriptures where it says the law has been fulfilled. Christ is the end of the law. If you're under the law, you're under a curse. We're not under the law. We're under grace. I, I can, you know. But they say, well, but you know, the Sabbath never changed. Let me give you a biblical history of keeping the Sabbath. Which, by the way, if you don't keep it Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown, it's not the Sabbath that you're keeping. If you don't, uh, if you do anything, you take your kids to soccer or little league or you cut the grass. Or you work, you run errands, uh, you're not keeping the Sabbath. You've updated it and made it convenient for yourself to act like you think you are, because, uh, or maybe you're a little, just a little bit uh, more accurate than others. Even if you don't require others to do that, you're saying, yeah, but, yeah, but. That's what I call this, the cognitive dissonance. Yeah, but. It's inconsistent thought and beliefs and uh, uh, um, uh, attitudes that are not consistent with the Bible. Now, you're not keeping the Sabbath. And by the way, if you're a Gentile, which is 99.9% of the people listening to this podcast, you were never given the Sabbath in the first place. Write these down, 1 through 10, why the Sabbath is not for Christians. This goes with my whole do not live by the Ten Commandments. Why is the Sabbath not for Christians? Number one, uh, uh, Colossians 2, 16 and 17 tells us that the Sabbath is just a shadow, but Jesus is the reality. Jesus is the substance. The Sabbath was the shadow and it led us to Christ. Now we have the substance, the real thing. 
Number two, this is why Sabbath is not for Christians. It was given as a sign to Israel of the Mosaic Covenant. And you can look in Ezekiel and Exodus and Nehemiah for that. It was a sign to Israel of the Mosaic Covenant. So unless you're a Jew under the Mosaic Covenant, it's not for you. Number three, in the New Covenant, there's never a command for Christians to observe the Sabbath. You look it up and you find it, you're going to have to stretch it, but there's never a command for Christians to observe the Sabbath. Number four. In Acts chapter 20, verse 7, we have one of our very few or only looks at uh, the early church believers, and they got together for a worship service, the Apostles' Doctrine, Breaking Bread and Prayer in a bigger group, and they met on the first day of the week. See, the early believers started meeting on Sunday, uh, which is when Jesus rose from the dead. Number five. There were no Gentile nations ever commanded in the Bible to observe the Sabbath, nor were they ever condemned for not observing the Sabbath. Number six, why the Sabbath is not for Christians. No one kept, and there's no no command to keep before Moses. You know that? Nobody kept the Sabbath, and there was no command to keep a Sabbath before Moses and Mount Sinai. Number seven. Uh, the apostles had a meeting at Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15, the Jerusalem Council it's called, and they did not require the Sabbath for Gentiles. You'd think if it was important that would come out of that meeting. Well, they didn't do it. Number eight, Paul never warned Gentiles about the sin of breaking the Sabbath. You notice that in all of Paul's letters, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he never warned Gentiles about uh, the breaking the Sabbath. Number nine, in Galatians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, Paul rebukes Galatians for thinking they had to observe special days, including the Sabbath. Number 10, in Romans 14.5, Paul forbids Jewish believers from condemning those like Gentiles that don't observe the Sabbath. Number 11, the early church fathers from Ignatius all the way through Augustine uh, uh, taught that the Old Testament Sabbath was abolished and the first day, Sunday, was uh, traditionally when Christians met for worship. Now, I know there are Seventh-day Adventists, there are Sabbatarians out there who uh, claim that Sunday worship didn't start until the 4th century. That's not historically accurate. Ignatius through Augustine will tell you believers were worshiping on Sunday. And number 12, uh, Sunday has not replaced Saturday as a Sabbath for believers. Has not. Every day for a believer, the Bible says, is a Sabbath rest. We rest in the salvation of Jesus. That's in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. So, one of the Ten Commandments about keeping the Sabbath. Well, that was given to the Jews and the nation of Israel. It has nothing to do with this side of the cross for New Covenant, New Testament believers. You can't pick and choose which ones. You either have to, uh, the Bible tells us Galatians and James and other places, you have to keep all the law or none of it. If you break one, you've broken all of them. And you can't pick your, uh, your pet project and bring it over. It's Sabbath day or whatever it may be, you know, uh, the tithe or whatever. No, Jesus fulfilled the law. We walk by faith. Now, in a sense, the Holy Spirit lives his life through you. Will you be keeping the Ten Commandments? Well, yes, if you're walking in the Spirit, walking in love, you're not going to covet and steal and murder and, and all the things that are listed in the Ten Commandments. But we do not live by the Ten Commandments. We live by faith through the Holy Spirit, by grace, on this side of the cross. And there's a cognitive dissonance going on out there. And, and wherever you may be, do not let religion rob you of the peace and the power and the purpose that we have in Christ Jesus. Rob you of the joy. Do not, as Galatians 5.1, uh, the theme verse for this ministry says, uh, it's for freedom you've been set free. Do not be yoked again to slavery. Slavery is what? Religion. The law. Don't take circumcision like he was talk, talking to the Galatians about. Or we may nowadays say, well, you got to be water baptized this way, the way we do it, or you're not really saved. Well, you got to observe the Sabbath, or you're not really saved. No. 
Do not be yoked to slavery and religion ever again. You walk by grace through faith in a relationship with Christ because the Spirit comes to live inside of you when you are born again from above. And there's a real cognitive dissonance going on out there uh, with folks who uh, say that they're uh, uh, New Covenant Christians and yet they want to throw people back under the law. What I'm going to do is cut it off there for today and then uh, Wednesday we'll talk about hell. Another cognitive dissonance is going on. People out there call themselves believers but don't believe in a literal hell. Well, what's the Bible say? I believe in hell, and you should too. And we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about hell on Wednesday. Now, tomorrow's Tuesday. We'll have our live Bible study on our Facebook page. Tell all your friends and family. 7.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll start the book of 1 Thessalonians. If you've got a question or a comment about the Bible or something you heard last week, something you heard here, or maybe you need some life coaching, uh, New Covenant clarification on life coaching and relationships or money or marriage or uh, work or whatever the case may be, please get a hold of us. Email Larry W. Manning, the number one at gmail.com. You can could uh, tweet at the CWR network, leave a voice message, hit the voice message button wherever you listen to the podcast and you can get a hold of us there or message us on our Facebook page at Christian Without Religion. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being on the Grace Train today and making us your digital church of grace. Uh, we want to become your healthy grace addiction. Tell all your family and friends to join us because when grace moves in, religion moves out. Until next time, go hang out with Jesus. Jesus.